The story not quite in range to talk about this week, but still needs a little bit of punch, comes at number 24 for you guys. So it was pretty strong, not quite strong enough. Posted on Wednesday, the 29th of July. The headline, Post Malone to launch Beer Pong League, files trademark. Now, I could pick Post Malone out of a lineup. Don't know what exactly he sings about. I've yet to be able to pick out one of his songs. And yes, he did a really, really long podcast this week with Joe Rogan, and they basically talked about nothing. But this was one that picked out, you guys picked out as something that seemed important. Post Malone putting his money down for a Beer Pong League and we're running out of things to watch, so I guess it's something to look out for. But don't look out for much more than that inside of the podcast because, like I said, it's number 24. But what you really want to know coming up very, very soon, in fact, right after this opening tease, is the fact that the stories that were the tops of this week, counting down from 10 to 1, we'll let you know what those stories are in mere moments here on the weekly wrap-up with Jay Cliffin Payne. This is the week for, for the week ending August the 1st, 2020. And welcome to the show. I am Jay Cleveland Payne. This show is the weekly wrap up. And what it is, it's a culmination of stories, of news gathering, of all the things that have been talked about throughout the week that we have posted about on our social media for you to say, what are the bigger things to talk about? Our social media sites are TH underscore conversation on the Twitter and on Facebook. Look for this is the conversation and how it works is simple. As I said, we post different story links about every 50 minutes or so from various news sources. Some of them are brand new, fresh. Some of them are re- reoccurring or updates to different stories. So sometimes the story goes on and continues with new updates. And some of the sources are the main sources that you know, love, and or hate. CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, the, the big three networks, those folks like that, New York Times as well. Some of them are rather weird and fringy and more blog-like, but they have what we think are great headlines and great write-ups on how stories go. Very diverse sources of news for a very diverse source of people who enjoy it across the world. And as the week goes on, we just tally up the numbers of engagement per story on the Facebook and Twitter. And at the end of the week, on Friday morning, we pull all the numbers out, we put a little weight into it, put it into a spreadsheet. It comes up with what we have as a main score, a raw total score, And we use that to count the stories down from top to bottom. Top, always number one. That's how math works. Bottom this week is number 193. As we're trying to get back in the swing of things after some crazy hiatus stuff that kind of kept us away from doing the full production. You're going to see in the top 10, number one story this week, a story that seems like it should be there, but you may have forgotten what happened because, spoiler alert, it's something that was posted last Friday as we do this thing going from Friday to Friday. So a seven and a half day stretch of the timeline for the podcast to be a part of the podcast. As we said, follow us TH underscore conversation for Twitter. And this is a conversation on Facebook and just like love, hate, share, engage with the stories as they pop up in your timeline, the higher the score, the greater chance they make of making this. And this one at the very, 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 very bottom, which we'll explain in a bit, uh, we call it the almost relevant story of the week, is the lower score. So if you don't care about a story, don't vote on it, and maybe you'll make it at the very bottom. You can email the show at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. You can ask us any questions you want about the show or about us or just about life if you want to. Chit-chat. We chit-chat, too, as well. And, of course, the main home for the conversation project is this is a conversation.com. All things about the project 
including how you can be a part of the project and meet our sponsors there as well. Oh, sponsorships. We cannot say this enough because it's powered by money. That's how life goes. If you want to be a part of the show and actually be engaged in what's happening and help things go along, check out thisisconversation.com slash partnerships and see about joining us on Patreon or other ways to partner up with us today. So with all that out of the way today, let's get on to the stories that are actually in the countdown. And starting off with story at number 10, which is a tie with the story at number 11. Now, how we break ties and make things line up more easily is we take the story that that is the youngest that gets to the total score with less time as the higher feed. And so in this case, the story at number 10 got there by being posted on Tuesday as opposed to the story at 11 posted on Sunday. We'll talk about it in the second category, in the second segment, when we start talking about the almost rants. But right now, the story starting off at number 10, which has a bumping response technically of zero, but from the number 12 story, if you will, of 5.26%. That's how many more people responded to this story than the story behind it. As we said, posted on Tuesday, the 28th of July. Headline reads, Pirates Derek Holland ejected while sitting on the left field bleachers in hilarious scene. So this this scene got hilarious as things went on. But here's what happened as baseball is back, at least for the moment. We'll see how many teams screw up their bubble. Actually, they don't have a bubble for MLB and get coronavirus and really screw up the schedules. That's been a whole mess even since this new season is only days old. But Derek Holland is a pitcher, a relief pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates. He was at the game, the very first game. He wasn't even pitching. He wasn't even in the bullpen to warm up. He was just sitting in the stands in the bleachers uh, behind the plate while game was going on. Remember, there are no players, or I'm sorry, there's no fans in the stands, so the noise level is zero. In some cases, they're pumping in some noise level so it doesn't sound so weird, but in some cases, it's just empty and quiet. And in some cases, there's pictures of cutouts, and in some cases, they're not. So all cases are weird for this this start to the shortened and very uh, firecracker quick season. So Derek Holland is sitting in the stands, essentially behind the, the plate, and at the moment, uh, they're playing against the Cardinals. And at the moment, Elaine Thomas is, is at the plate and he's, um, you know, taking his cuts, seeing what's happening on. But apparently what, what got him ejected was Holland was sitting in the stands and he was just, you know, beefing off at the umpire who, because there's no other people in the stands, can hear every single word he says and he gets tossed because the umpire has the right to do that. Now, here's where it got hilarious, uh, because what happened is what any good manager would do, come out and defend his player when they got tossed. So when that happened, the manager for the Pirates had to mask up to walk out to the umpire and talk to the umpire who had to mask up. And instead of your normal, you know, inches away yelling at each other so that you don't get ejected themselves because you can't touch the official you got two people in mass standing about, you know, maybe three, two, three feet apart, you know, having a loudish conversation, but not all that loud because there's no play, there's no people in the stands making all the noise. It was weird. It was surreal. And it was probably about, you know, maybe not, maybe probably top five, but not even top three of the things that happened that was sort of odd for the restart of baseball. 
But it happened, and baseball is here, at least for the moment. If you are a fan, congratulations. If you're not a fan, well, at least there's something to talk about. And you guys wanted to talk a lot about it this week at the number 10 spot. If you're looking for further conversation on the topic, just email us at theconversationinbox at gmail.com. To number nine, this story gets a bumper response from the 10 of 1.25%, just slight bump from that one. The headline is, Olivia D. Havilland, sophisticated star of Hollywood's golden age, dies at 104. Hollywood Reporter is where we got this from, and it was posted on Sunday the 26th of July. Uh, this is a story that was big because a lot of people got into it. This is probably a good sign of the younger generations not beating out the older generations in our conversations, in our numbers, because this is one that I would not have expected to uh, pop up in the age where every time I put a Bachelor headline up there, it's number one. But this is a great story to have, and we get a chance to celebrate uh, the loss that we have. Uh, she was a, a memorable star, the Oscar winner, in a two-time Oscar winner uh, in Gone with the Wind and The Adventures of Robin Hood, also in The Snake Pit and The Heiress. Uh, someone who uh, was uh, doing watershed-type moment appearances back in the 1940s, and it's that was a long time ago, and it's hard to really fathom how Hollywood and how media was way back then. And to sit down and have conversations with people like this and talk about then and now would be amazing. Now, one thing we find out when we have these conversations is just how sort of dark and evil sometimes were way back when, even though it looked more glamorous. And so that's a conversation that we wish we could probably have with this woman, but no longer she is gone. Olivia de Havilland, who, of course, died this week at the age of 104. If this is the type of story that, that you really are into or you would rather see other stories overtake stories like this, follow us on Twitter, TH underscore conversation, and you can tell us there just by engaging with the stories. Like them, love them, hate them, share them. The higher the engagement, the higher story this one gets. This one out of a total this week of 193, made it into the number nine spot. Let's move ahead to the story we have sitting at number eight this week. This headline gets a bump or response of 1.23%, just slight as well, posted on Saturday the 25th of July this month. The headline is Harvard Lampoon Trick, Trump with Fake Endorsement. This posted from The Hill, where we got this. Now, there's a lot of backstory to this one, so we want you to go to our website, thisistheconversation.com, and click on the link for this week's podcast, week ending August the 1st, 2020, and get the full story. There is two prevailing uh, publications at Harvard. I don't go to Harvard, so I can't tell you how prevailing they are, but that's what I'm told. The Harvard Crimson and the Harvard Lampoon. You've probably heard of the Harvard Lampoon because they do a lot of joking stuff that gets a lot of headlines. Harvard Crimson is an actual newspaper, actual production of students that is supposed to be serious. Now, there is an outstanding prank where the guys at the Harvard Lampoon uh, steal the, there's this really big chair that they have, a big, big throne-looking chair. They steal the chair and do something silly with it. And what they did this year was steal the chair, Take it to Trump Tower, have Donald Trump sit in it, have a bunch of diverse looking people say we are giving you the endorsement and then write it up as a news story on a fake news site that looks just like the Harvard Crimson. And then when people went to call the Harvard Crimson to kind of confirm what was going on, 
well, uh, the Crimson had no idea what was going on, but they did know where their chair disappeared to. This is a long-standing thing for them, and so since we're not going to have a Harvard-Yale game this year, this may be the biggest standout performance uh, that we'll have with this between Harvard and Harvard. Check out the full story. It's hilarious. Uh, The Harvard lampoon finding a way to give Trump an endorsement. Sure, he's going to take it. And in the same time, continue their reign of terror on the Harvard Crimson uh, in this year of 2020. We keep on to story at number seven this week. This headline, Portland police detained two suspects after reported shooting near federal courthouse protests. So you have been keeping up with this story because it's basically what's taken over the Chirons lately. But this is um, another breakdown of the breakdown that's going on with the continuation of the protests sparked mostly out of the George the, the, the George Floyd death, but a lot of things around it. The details around the story include it being posted on Monday, the 27th of July. This gets a bumper response from the number eight story of 3.66%. We pulled this from uh, the nation section of USA Today. And what's happened is there's the, the overall arching part of the story is the fact that while the protests have been dying down and getting less exposure and being less violent and crazy, if you will, uh, Donald Trump has tried to, you know, throw his weight around, for lack of a better term, by sending in what are being called federal troops, but essentially are not troops because they're not soldiers, but they're they're federal law enforcement agents. Some of them may be ICE agents. Some of them may be other type of enforcement agents, just people who are authorized to use force in certain cases, and they are being sent and deployed and placed in various places to protect federal sites. But the real sort of weirdness about this is a lot of the cases are them sort of rolling up on people in random neighborhoods and detaining them because that's what the government does these days. This was an issue in Portland where they had two suspects that they pulled over that actually police had detained Uh, after shooting after the violence escalated outside the federal courthouse. Portland's been a real hotspot for this because they've said in this area, people in Portland can't really recognize their city from the news coverage because the national coverage is showing these many wars in the streets and the local coverage is showing how things are getting more quiet. And the big difference is these federal people coming in and sort of egging on some of the protesters who are looking to be egged on as opposed to people starting to bring it down. There's a, these are just weird times right now uh, that we're living through and just trying to sit back and relax and let it pass is unfortunately not the way to go about it because when you do that, things aren't just passing. Things are getting even, even crazier. So, you can check out more of that by going to our website. This is the conversation.com. Click on the link for this week's podcast, which is, of course, week ending uh, August the 1st, because the first day of August 2020. And you can see all the links for all the stories we talk about, even the story in the teaser that we didn't really get into. You can go to the link and see more of that story there as well. Putting out a story from about or from Ryan Reynolds is almost like cheating for me and you guys. And I don't know to say you guys took debate or we picked a good story, but Ryan Reynolds is at the number six spot again this week. This headline is Ryan Reynolds time travel film shifts to Netflix posted on Saturday, the 25th of July. So this one lasted quite a bit as well. 
a bump in response from the number seven story of 9.41%. Oh, yeah, you're going to see the responses get really high in a bit because this was a odd week on those ends. We'll explain that in the third segment. But right now, let's talk about the story, which you pulled from comicbook.com, and they are a big source of entertainment news and, oddly enough, some real serious news these days. But what they're talking about is Ryan Reynolds, who's coming back to Netflix. Of course, he just did the thing on Netflix with um, Six Underground, and this is going to be an original movie for Netflix, although they're not all necessarily original. And what the cool thing about this is he's teaming up with um, Sean Levy, the guy that directed Free Guy, which we're hoping comes out in theaters soon because people want to see that movie. This movie has Ryan Reynolds going back in time to meet his 13-year-old self to save his 13-year-old self from being 13. You'll see how that goes when it comes out on to, I guess, few things come out on film, if even there are on film anymore. But you'll see this comes out on digital straight to your house as they produce it for Netflix. Check it out when it comes out. More details on that as it comes out. But you guys basically saw Ryan Reynolds and jumped to the stick on that one. Loving that story at number six. This next story is at number five, and this is an interesting story as well. Posted on Monday the 27th of July, bump in response of 12.9% from the sixth story. Headline is, ex-soldier's brain tumor discovered after he threw all his wife's socks in a bin. The Mirror is where we got this one, the UK publication. And this was a very, very interesting story, and it kind of tells you what to look for when things aren't right and to try to figure out how to get a fix on it. So this man was a soldier, ex-soldier, if you will, and he had been dealing with just some weird mental issues, just loss of memory, just 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 kind of acting out of sorts. And this was a case where he did something extremely odd. He threw, because it's overseas, they said a bin, but he just, you know, one day in, in the middle of doing some just chores, you know, he tossed all his wife's socks in the trash. That's just what happened. And from there, they ended up taking him to the hospital to kind of see what was going on because he was just acting so out of sorts. Uh, turned out he had a brain tumor uh, that was, um, you know, uh, killing him. It, it, and so with all the lapse of his memory and just the things going wrong, they were able to figure out that that was the problem that was causing the issues and they needed to operate on him immediately. He is doing much better and we're so glad for that. And we th- we're thankful for things like that and good answers, good responses to stories like this when they pop up. Now, if you want to suggest certain stories or suggest various um, sources to look for, different news sources, the mirror and various big time papers pop up in the aggregators that I use to look for stories. And then it's sort of a hit or miss on what, which ones I pick based on how interesting they are or how well they're trending. If you want to throw in a trending story that needs to be on right now. You can send me an email at the conversation inbox at gmail.com and just let me know if it's good enough. Uh, and if you're talking about it, then it probably is good enough. We will look for it. We will post it. We'll get it in the feed as quickly as possible. And we'll see if other people agree that it's a very conversational story. Because um, if it is, it makes the top 10. If it isn't, we literally don't talk about it. And this is um, uh, something, or we should say some ones. Some some ones, some errs, a couple people that we try not to talk about. And by we, I am saying um, black folks and who are looking to see who's shown up at the barbecue. Uh, We're talking about Diamond and Silk because the headline reads like this at the number four story. Uprising. 
Diamond and Silk are releasing a book Monday, the 27th of July is the date this was posted by us. Was there a day before, I think, uh, when it actually hit the line? And it gets a bump of response, get this, 96.19%. That's how many more people were into this story than the story of the ex-soldier. So you can guess that the other stories coming forward are pretty, pretty hefty. This is pretty simple. This is pretty uh, pretty easy to get to. Uh, the source we pulled was Spectator USA. They were all over the Twitter that day. Uh, just Diamond and Silk releasing a book. And you can imagine the responses from the people uh, who were responding on Twitter because Twitter itself and black Twitter, if you don't understand that, we can talk about that later, uh, were all over Diamond and Silk and their upcoming book calling Uprising because essentially they are an uprising of conservative, regular black folks in the nation. I'm going to skip out on just how nasty the comments are. And just tell you to go to our website, thisistheconversation.com. Click the link for this week's podcast. Of course, this is for the August the 1st, 2020. And you can click on the link for this at Spectre USA. And you can basically mire in the muck that is internet comments on your own. And you get kind of dirty. So make sure you bring a towel and a lot, a lot of disinfectant and hand sanitizer. Trust me. This one was a slaughter and... Opinion is all of me. This is one that I think these ladies have essentially earned in the opinions that are a slaughter. But as I said, the opinion is mine. If you want to uh, complain about that opinion, reach out. We can complain. We can go back and forth as much as you want to. Now let's move on to the story at number three. This is our headline. At least 45 arrested in Seattle protests that police declared a riot. Uh, This posted on Sunday, the 26th of July. Bump in response of 8.74 from the number four story. And this is essentially a culmination of the story we already talked about, the story at the number um, seven spot, which is Portland Police and what's going on there. Seattle, another place where, quote unquote, federal troops are in town and making the situation worse, where the protests are essentially dying down. But with the, the appearance of federal troops and them essentially being extra aggressive, the meaner matter want to be in, you know, want to be bad protesters are showing up. This was a big protest in Seattle that went pretty, pretty crazy. As we said, about 47 people arrested on this one also happening this week. And it's just a, a sense of we're not sure exactly what's going on with these situations. The protest happened outside was essentially the former chop zone, Chad zone, the, um, the area spot that the protesters kind of sat down and took over and just went, you know, weird hippie on folks. Um, what it went inside that zone is, you know, you, you, your mileage may vary on how the news you got from that one. But about a week ago, they basically broke the whole thing up and were trying to get back to normal. And the federal troops are now there doing their thing. You can stand on whatever side you want to on this one. We always let me make sure this is clear. We always hear all the people adjoined to this podcast and this project are staunch supporters of law enforcement. But we also know there are bad apples. And there also are bad intentions from some people in, high, in higher up places that aren't actually looking to, you know, look towards the public safety, but are just trying to make points and get their name out there. I can't say that's exactly what's going on in here. Well, I could say that, but I'm not going to say that. At least not right now. Anyway, 
Moving on to story at number two. Your headline is Arizona train derailment and fire described as a scene from hell. CNN.com is our source for this story. Wednesday, the 29th is the day we posted this one, 29th of July, of course. 24.55% bump in response on this one. This one uh, was more of a breaking news story. And because it was, it garnered a lot of response on that Wednesday, on that day. It didn't turn into a large enough story to overtake Chiron duties. Uh, President Trump had plenty of things going on all week to do that. But it was large enough so that people who were in the feeds, in their internets, and of course seeing things that were trending got a chance to see this. And that is where this one popped into. So this is a story that you really need to go and check out on our website or the link through our website. This is conversation.com. The link for this week's podcast, August the 1st, 2020. You'll get more details on this one. At the, the top of the, of the story reads, one person was treated for smoke inhalation after a Union Pacific train derailed and caught fire on a bridge over Tempe Town Lake in Arizona, official said on Wednesday. Plumes of black smoke could be seen Wednesday morning rising into the sky beneath a trail of, of, of flames on the video and images from the site of the derailment where part of the bridge collapsed. National Transportation Safety Board sat, said via Twitter that it they would investigate, but it was not traveling to the crash site at this time. The fire reacted for alarms, which Tempe Fire Chief Greg Ruse said was a, quote, very, very large event. Of course, as I said, later people described as a scene from hell, just getting around the issue. Go deeper into that story by going to our website and click the link for uh, this story here. Now, we are at the point where we go to all the fanfare for the number one story because it deserves it. And this one does. This one is our top story on Facebook and Twitter this week, which is why it's so highly uh, regarded. The numbers, uh, the bump in response from the number two story. 539% from the number two story. From the number 10 story, which is the story about the Pirates' Derek Holland being ejected from the game that he wasn't even a part of, that is 2,128%. And the story that we call the almost relevant story of the week, the very bottom of the list, we'll tell you what that story is in a bit. But right now, at the story listed at number 193, the number one story is more engaging by 17 I'm sorry, 178,200% didn't see the comma there. Yes, this story was that big, and it should be that big because it actually garnered a lot of conversation just in general bits and pieces that I've had, including a story that happened all the way last Friday into this Saturday as it's being recorded. The headline for this one, John DeVolta breaking from Scientology after death of Kelly Preston. The Daily Mail of the UK posted this story. So you can take you can take what it's worth from that headline and that publication. But that's what they said happened. And guess what? You people were all into this one. Of course, most people were into the story because it was a story about the death of Kelly Preston. That, of course, being John Fulcher's wife. But just to kick about the Scientology thing, because John Fulcher, very big into Scientology, um, was there. Uh, it. Um, I'm going to read you a bits from the story, deep in the story, not just the headline drops, so you can take, get more bits and pieces of itself on your own. John Travolta faces a make-or-break moment over his 45-year devotion to Scientology after the death of his wife, Kelly Preston, as 
he defied the church's opposition to cancer treatments. DailyMail.com has leaked. Travolta somberly announced his wife of nearly 30 years had passed away on Sunday, July 12th, from breast cancer at the age of 57, writing Kelly had fought a courageous fight with the love and support of so many. In the post, the 66-year-old actor openly praises Kelly's medical team, adding, My family and I will forever be grateful to our doctors and nurses at MD Anderson Cancer Center, all the medical centers that have helped. Houston's MD, Houston's MD Anderson Cancer Center is at the forefront of the cancer treatment in the United States and is currently ranked the top hospital in the country for cancer care. Former Scientology members and friends have come forward to praise Travolta and suggested he is breaking away from the church, pointing out that founder L. Ron Hubbard was, quote, really opposed to chemotherapy and radiation, unquote. Ex-member and open critic Jeffrey Augustine told TheDailyMail.com, quote, the statement was an equivocal in the support of medical staff. It shows they've backed away from Scientology. We're going to close the quote on that. And you can check out the link uh, to the story at our website, ThisIsTheConversation.com, and see more of the details for this one. So it goes deeper and deeper into John Travolta and his long attachment to Scientology. That also breaks down the sort of breakdown, if you will, of a person who's that deep into the religion, which I say loosely, who is going against one of its main tenets, and that's seeking deeper treatments for things like cancer. And why L. Ron Hubbard was against it, who knows who who, who really cares at this point. Uh, but Kelly Preston, of course, has died in the last, last week. A lot of people are sending out thoughts and prayers to the family on that end. Of course, the tragedy that, that John Volcher and his wife dealt with a few years ago with her, when their son died and all of those things. This is a big, serious uh, blow to him as he's going through it. And I don't know Mr. Volcher personally, so I don't know how deep this is going into his faith. But many people who know the faith are saying the fact that he's, number one, they went through cancer treatments, and two, they're openly thanking doctors. That's a sign that he's breaking away from Scientology. We'll see if this becomes a bigger thing on that end. But it's big enough to be the top story this week. And if it's a story that you agreed with, then congratulations. If you thought something else should have had more juice, then you had to fight about 539% of the people who thought this was the tops. That's a big fight, but you can make that happen. All you have to do is follow us on the social medias, on Facebook. Look for This is a Conversation. We're the blue box with the speech bubbles in it. And make sure you set us up as a default in your feed so you see us normally, regularly, all the times in your feed. On Twitter, look for TH underscore conversation. And if you react to us enough times, we become something you see often as well. If you're just like an egg with only a few things out there, you'll see us fairly often. The more you engage with a story, like, love, hate, share, whatever, the higher the score gets, we put the Twitter and the Facebook together to come up with one total score. And you just saw the culmination of this week's top, and that is John Tavolcha. And maybe he's breaking away from Scientology. We will see further down the line. If that story becomes more developing, we'll pop it in there. And then you tell us if we need to talk more about it. What we'll talk more about in a few moments are the stories that barely missed it, including the story that, that really should have been there. It was a tie with number 10. But it was not quite as young as the number 10 story. We'll explain that in just a moment here on the weekly wrap up with Jacob and Payne for the week ending August the 1st, 2020.
The Conversation Project and This is the Conversation and the Weekly Wrap-Up are powered by you. That's one way of saying we run on funds and energy that you provide. Now, energy is simple. Make sure you're looking at our stuff, reading it, sharing with other people, making having more people join in conversations, because that is a great way to get things going, but it's also funded by funds. It costs effort. It costs resources. It costs money to make this podcast happen. So we ask, if you believe the content that we're providing here as a independent source of journalism, if you will, or just a sense of fun, is worth it, we ask that you consider joining us as a partner. Go to thisisaconversation.com slash partnerships, thisisaconversation.com slash partnerships, and find out how you can become a partner. We have two ways listed right now, and we have more ways that you can join in if you if you want to email us and ask. We're going to put up, it seems obnoxious to ask so many ways for money, but sometimes you have to do that. If you don't ask, you don't get. And so if we don't ask you for support, we can't get any support back. Special shout out this week for the great Patreon sponsors that we have. And they are the people behind the Rants and Reasons, now Context and Clarity podcast. Uh, and of course, uh, the owner of Rudy the Most Dangerous Dog. That is how they are sourced in our feedback so if you are them and you know who you are, we thank you so much for helping us out with the cause here at This Is The Conversation. If you want to join them in the pursuit of good conversational news stories and not just overdrawn conversations that are complaining about the president, because that's honestly what they are. Whether you want to complain about the president or not, that's pretty much all we're doing right now on the mainstream media. So if you want to get in some of the deeper stories that back in the day they'd actually cover, uh, we dig them out. We find the links. We find the sources. We put them out there for you to tell us which ones are the actual top stories, the most interesting conversational stories. And then we talk about them just like that. Go to this at the conversation.com slash partnerships. This is the conversation.com slash partnerships. And you can become a partner. You can help us by becoming a Patreon patron or you can just buy me a coffee. Just one off coffees or regular coffees. I like coffee. That'd be great. Check it out. This is the conversation.com slash partnerships and become a partner. Help us out today. The story is listed at 11 through 15 this week, which this week we're calling missing the cut because I just popped into my head. We'll see if we call it that next week. But they've been called often the also-rans because they are essentially the ones that didn't make it in there. So they're the also-rans. But Missing the Cut sounds pretty cool. We'll see if I can remember that next week. Headline for Missing the Cut story number 11, which, as I said, was a tie. It was a scoreway tie with a story at number 10. What beat this one out was we posted this one on Sunday the 26th. So the story at Tuesday, the 28th, was younger. It got to that mark at a faster pace, so it became the higher-scoring story. But essentially the same number applied for the headline, ex-porn star Sasha Gray to tackle the hard questions in Gray Area series. The uh, International Business Times gave us a story, which is odd in itself, but that is what they did. So Sasha Gray is a... um, She's a ex-porn star, and she has a new series coming up with Rappel, rapper Dumbfounded, who I don't know who he is either, and they're just basically coming up with a 
show where they're going to talk about uh, sex. That's the only way I can basically describe that one. So they're going to just talk about stuff in the gray area, if you will. How about that? Uh, you can find more information about the gray area or maybe her gray area by going to our website. This is the conversation.com clicking on the links for this week's podcast, because all of the links to all the st- stories we're talking about are listed here at the podcast for this week. Moving on to the story at number 12 on this week, its headline reads Tom Hanks lending voice as vendor at Oakland, Oakland A's games. Sorry for butchering that one. We posted that one on Sunday, the 26th of July as well. And this is one that lasted quite a bit, but not quite enough to make it into the top 10. And because everybody's needing to um, find ways to um, bring folks in, the Oakland A's are using uh, recordings for vendors to do things. And, they have tasked Tom Hanks, who is basically finding ways to get into all of the countdowns and just doing weird Tom Hanks things. You know, he he just got citizenship to to Ireland the other day. He's, you know, doing nice stuff for other folks. He's showing people how to wear masks. Tom Hanks apparently needs to be in the limelight. He's got a new movie coming out. I'm not sure why that didn't pop up into the listing, but it was the story about his voice helping out vendors at Oakland A's games. There you go. Number 13, Hurricane Douglas intensifies into major hurricane as it moves towards Hawaii. Friday, the 24th is the day we posted that one. Hurricane Douglas actually did not cause as much damage to uh, the islands as we were going to believe at that point. The most amazing thing about this story and stories of hurricanes out there is Hawaii does not get as many hurricanes as you think. In fact, very few at all. Most times, I guess because of where they're located and the way the Gulf Stream and the ocean waters work, they don't travel across the mainland. They do get plenty of rain as they get close, but this is one of the fewest ones, fewer ones that get got that close to actually going across land. It didn't cause too much issues for Hawaii. Right now, I'm focused on a hurricane, Iglesias, which I totally butchered because I don't have in front of me, that just went over Puerto Rico doing a lot of damage there, and we're trying to see right now whether it's going to just hit head on into the, the tip of Florida or just sort of skirt past the eastern seaboard and just be a rain event for the next couple of days. So we're looking out for that one. Uh, anyone dealing with Douglas, we are, of course, giving out all our thoughts and prayers. And, of course, people dealing with the current hurricane right now, we're in the same situation there. At number 14, Nicki Minaj's husband asked Judge to allow him at baby's birth. Thursday, the 30th was when we posted this one. And this is an interesting story because Nicki Minaj's husband is actually a registered sex offender. It just it just is. Just just go with it. Check out the link for this week's for the story at this week's podcast link, and you can go deeper into the story. But right now, he needs a judge to allow him into the room for all this because those are the rules of registered sex offenders. Can't be near children, any children, even, you know, a lot of cases, their own children at their birth. I don't make the rules. He didn't either, but he's trying to li- abide by them and try to make this work. This is coming a very big story because of this, uh, you know, father's rights aside. But you can give deeper into that story by going to the website and checking it out, because this is something that, you know, may be more interesting than you would have thought. Not just because it's Nicki Minaj, but because there are issues and rights in this whole whole thing. And the last story in the Almost Rants, I'll see, I already forgot, uh, what they called, 
uh, is um, Chicago mayor has Christopher Columbus statue removed from City Park posted on Friday, the 24th of July. And this was essentially Chicago, um, you know, being proactive in all the statues being knocked over and Chicago wins, you know, having their own decision to want to move it and not being, you know, Southern states dealing with Southern statues for Southern heritage. There really is no, no Chicago, Chicago heritage on Columbus, although he's Italian, uh, not the same thing. So the mayor of Chicago just decided to go ahead and take that one down. And that is what happened in, in that one. So in the segment, which name I've already forgotten, the almost rands, that's the stories that didn't quite make it into the top 10. They were close, but not quite enough juice to make it into the headliner of the first segment. And if you think stories like that should be higher, when you see stories like that, give them more engagement. Follow us on Twitter, TH underscore conversation. Follow us on Facebook at This Is A Conversation and check them out. Give them more love, more engagement, more likes, more loves, more hates, more shares, so they reach out higher. Coming up in just a bit, we'll go into the numbers. That's deeper into the stories that, why the stories were where they were. And, of course, we'll let you know what the story at the very bottom is, the almost relevant story of the week. That's number 193. You'll hear about that mere moments on the weekly wrap-up with Jay Cleveland Payne, week ending August the 1st. 2020. Chuck Walters is a person I met on the internet because that's how we meet people. He worked on a podcast that I really gravitated to and uh, reached out to him on a long Long iteration of this podcast back when we had the brackets game and he came on, played the brackets game and talked about some of this podcasting that he did. Uh, I've support pretty much all the stuff he's doing because he lives. Well, it's all great. Some of it's a bit extra quirky, but it's all great work. And he's a great guy in its own. And now he's sort of broken away because of coronavirus and the craziness of scheduling his co-host to some of his other work who gave a bit of a balance. So there was always like he is the liberal and she was a conservative, the sort of that type of thing. They can't really connect because of timing and schedule. So because Chuck wanted to get some things off his mind and didn't want a lot of hassle to do that. He jumped on the anchor platform, the anchor platform. And this is not me chilling for anchor, but that's where it is. And he's proud to have done this thing on anchor and he's created an unbalanced mind because he no longer has to worry about balancing out the pros and cons, the conservative and the liberal, the the Democratic Republican. He just kind of goes on about what he goes on. This is a fresh new podcast, and it's meant to be 10 minutes or so of rants on things. Although his very last episode was a rant that he had with his son, which is a bit more structured and obviously much longer in discussion to go deeper going back and forth. So that may turn into more or less the actual format, but you should get to know Chuck and you can do that by going to anchor. Like I said, this is the simplest podcast that he's done. He just puts it up on anchor and anchor distributes it. So if you want to look for it, look for an unbalanced mind. It's on all the regular podcasts of sites. It's on Google podcasts. It's on iTunes. It's on Stitcher. It's on all, all of them out there. It's on Spotify. So it's out there. But you just go straight to Anchor and search for an unbalanced mind, and you can check out what's going on in Chuck's unbalanced mind. And Anchor has these newer features where you can basically do Patreon-like things 
through Anchor. So if you want to support Chuck, because he does a lot of great work, a lot of great podcasts, check him out and see what he's all about. He is a liberal, and he does not have to do any qualms about being a liberal in his own podcast that he does all by himself. But you'll get the chance to hear a liberal who's actually extremely um, sound in his thinking and his logic, even if you don't agree with where it actually goes out in the end, in this podcast called An Unbalanced Mind. Check it out. He's my friend, and he's just putting out great content. content. So this is Chuck. This is An Unbalanced Mind, and this is our Spotlight Podcast for this week. With baseball back, it's good to call this last segment errors and omissions. Uh, it's basically going through the stats and seeing what went weird this week and what we have to actually explain. The thing we have to actually explain, the only thing we nearly have to explain is our tie. We always, explains our, we always explain our ties at the end, even though we explain them in the process. Just want to make sure that all the legalities for folks who care about the numbers, that they're, they're right there. You know, we got to take sure of the accountants know what's going on. So our number 10 and 11 story, instead of being a tie inside of the top 10, this week's tie, because the scores came out exactly even, uh, kept a story out of the top 10. It kept a story out of the main countdown, and that was the story that got kept out was the story about uh, Sasha Gray and her new show called The Gray Area, where she talking about sex with some rapper, as opposed to the story about baseball, baseball's back, y'all, and Pirates' Derek Holland getting kicked out of the game for heckling the umpire because the umpire could actually hear him. And then his manager having to come up with a mask and the umpire come up with a mask and them not quite yelling at each other, which was one of the weirder starts to the season, and which was going to be one of the more goofier things to go into until we had issues with a brawl and then players testing positive in the season for some teams being put on hold. That's a whole other thing that may make it into this week's podcast or upcoming week's podcast. We'll see how that goes. So that's the big thing we have to explain. Number nine, the number 10 story, should say, was the Pirates' Derek Holland because it was tied with the story at number 11. But it came out on Tuesday. The other one came out on Sunday. The younger story gets to higher billing. That's how it goes. Also, the John Travolta story was such a big one that it overtook Facebook and Twitter, which is why it was so large. And we, we guess we can't really tell you why it overtake both of them other than the fact that they were so large, but that's why the numbers are so big. As we said, it had a bump from the number two story of 539% and from the story we'll get to in a moment of 178,200 there as well. As far as the engagement this week, the top 10 stories because of the great, large, massive number at number one, instead of being about 25% or so of all that's in there, it is about 40%, 38.17% of all the engagement came from the top 10 stories this week. Uh, the engagement for number one was 22.55% on its own. So half of that half of that 40% came from number one. Going to the stories that didn't quite make it, the misses, uh, they were about 4.72%, more or less the same, about 5% altogether because they're good enough stories but not quite good enough on their own. So they make about that number. And the engagement for the story at the very bottom is 0.01%, barely registering in the numbers. So there you have it. So we don't have it quite yet because you don't know what that story is. Listed at 193, 
This story, which we said was 178,200% less engaging than the top story. Your headline is, Rare Blue Lobster Saved by Red Lobster Employees and Sent to Zoo Instead of Dinner Table. Now, here's the oddity of this one. We got this from Travel and Leisure because they need stuff to publish, too. It was published on Friday the 31st, so it was published late slash early, late in the, the countdown, but early on a Friday, so... Not a lot of time to to marinate, pun intended, on that story. But we get a lot of stories about blue lobsters. Blue lobsters are actually fairly interesting stories. And while they are rare, um, the numbers that pop up are are not quite as 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 astronomical as you would think. Uh, blue lobsters pop up all the time. You just happen to pop up in large batches of lobsters, and when they come up, most of the times they get saved. I you hear very few stories of people buying blue lobsters and eating blue lobsters, but when they are found, especially when they get caught and just taken to the store, they're found. They're normally given up for zoos or given up or sent back to natural habitats as it will. So this is not surprising uh, that a red lobster employee would find a blue lobster and say, hey, this is not our brand, and then send it to someplace else. Um because I think someone would probably freak out if a blue lobster showed up on their table. So I think that's kind of how it happens. What makes them blue? Check out the link inside of the website so you can see deeper into the mysteries of why these things are so rare. But the story is not quite as rare as you would think. But this week, not a lot of love, but not a lot of time to make the love as well. But the love may be not so there for them. Well, this is going to be a weird transition. But the love for this week's show is definitely over because we're at the very end of the content for this week. We thank you so much for loving us enough to stick around for the full uh, 50 minutes of the show and um, loving us hopefully more to keep things going. Uh, If you want to help keep things going here at the podcast, it's very simple. Number one, share us with all the folks you know. Number two, share your funds with us, if you will. Uh, so, yeah, we are located on the internets at This Is a Conversation on Facebook. Also, TH underscore conversation on Twitter. We're also at This Is a Conversation on, on Instagram as well. So, check that out. And we may you may like us there on Instagram as well. Share us with plenty of folks so we get more people into conversations. And as our stories pop up in your feed, like us, love us, hate us, engage with them for a higher score or maybe a lower score if that is what you're really looking for. If you want to actually help fund and power things on the financial sense, we appreciate that. Go to thisisaconversation.com slash partnerships. See how you can become a partner. And you can also just click on any link that we have for a sponsorship site there. We have them in our newsletter. We have them at our website. And if you click those links, we actually have the come through on the feed as well, sponsored ads as well. If you buy from those people, they're just affiliate links. They cost you nothing extra. We just get a slight little cut for the referral. So we appreciate all all of those in advance. Make sure you're actually subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss out on episodes as it comes on your feed. As you know, with COVID-19 and the link it takes to put like a show like this together, scheduling is a little fuzzy at times. So to make sure you don't miss out on the show, we'll come up directly in your, in your pod catcher if you subscribe. We're on all the major pod catchers, and if we're not there, email us and we will find a way to get there. And make sure you share the podcast 
with friends, enemies, and total strangers. Now that these cities are opening up, you can go back to grabbing random people's phones and then programming us into their phone. But make sure you actually wipe it down with some hand sanitizer when you're over because COVID-19, you cannot be too careful. But you are doing a great job by sharing this with them. They will thank you for it. Uh, They just will thank you for it from a bit further distance because of COVID-19. Sorry about that. In the meantime, if you want to contact us, email us at theconversationinbox at gmail.com. We can talk about stories. We can talk about other things. If you just need to have a conversation, we can do that there as well. Check out my main website, jclevenpain.net, for all other things, jclevenpain with the dot net. This is a point where I say thank you three times, mumble something, and then say thank you three more times. So thank you, thank you, thank you. This podcast, this project does not work without you out there. You, you know, you think listening is the bare minimum you can do. It's, it takes a lot of effort to gather people into a medium like this and to take this in and to tell you the content. And of course, to comment on the content, because trust me, we read your comments. We read your comments. Thank you so much for being a part of the community, part of the gang, whether you are actually a paid contributor or just kind of sneak in here and there where you can listen. Every single effort helps. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. With that, we're going to wrap this thing up officially right now and prepare for another week because the countdown's already going on. It started Friday morning, and so we'll go to next Friday and we'll figure out what stories from 10 to 1 are the conversational stories that you said we should be talking about on the weekly wrap-up with Jay Cleveland Payne. We will talk to you next week. <laughs>